Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, Welcome to episode 35 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I've had such a blast going through the Blue Hope Nation Facebook page and seeing all the cool things that people are doing all over the country to uh, celebrate and um, raise awareness as it relates to Colon Cancer Awareness Month this month uh, in March. A group of folks that have traveled to Washington for the call on call on Congress. Thank you to those folks that are doing that to uh, try to make a big difference uh, for those uh, needing help and support in the colorectal cancer world. Uh, some events that are taking place coming up soon. This coming Saturday, March 19th, the Undie Run Walk visits St. Louis, Missouri. So for the folks in St. Louis, Missouri, check out the Undie Run Walk. Information can be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And then the following day on Sunday, March 20th, for folks in and around the Washington, D.C. area, is the big uh, 5K event taking place. This is the Scope It Out 5K, uh, 5K run and walk event as well, coming up again on Sunday, March the 20th. For more information on both of those events, again, that can be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And for folks that are in and around the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, an interesting event that's taking place on April the 3rd from 11 to 3 is the 6th Annual Cookies for Chris Luncheon and Vendor Show. Sounds like a fun event. Who doesn't like cookies, right? Uh, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, check it out. You, again, you can learn more about that event on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. Uh, just want to call your attention to a few things. Uh, we've made some changes to the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. There's now a link on the site. If you have uh, someone that you would like to nominate to be considered to as a guest for the show, you can click on that link, nominate a guest, fill out the information, uh, and hit the submit button. It will come to me, and uh, we'll review it and uh, look at folks that we can consider for to be future guests on the show. Speaking of the show also, it's been a while since I've asked uh, my listeners uh, to do me this favor, and that is is to go on iTunes if you're listening from an uh, uh, iTunes device or from a Mac computer or anywhere that you have access to iTunes. I would really appreciate it if you went into iTunes, did a search for the Colon Cancer Podcast, and leave us a review. Hopefully you found this to be uh, helpful, something that you uh, feel good about. Uh, so leave leave your comments. Uh, hopefully we warrant a five-star review in your eyes. Uh, if we don't, I'd love to hear why. I'm always looking for ways that we can improve what we're doing here at the Colon Cancer Podcast. But I would appreciate that. And you will also see a link on the site. If you've not figured out how to listen to the podcast using a uh, smartphone, particularly an iPhone, I had uh, a good friend of mine who runs a media company called Wild Style Media. Shout out to my good buddy, Neil Gilarte, for taking care of me and hooking me up with this great video that he shot that walks you through the steps of how to download 
and subscribe to the Colon Cancer Podcast using your iPhone. Uh, we'll be working on a similar video for those of you on the, the Android devices coming up in the near future. So I appreciate that. Uh, last thing I want to cover with you before we get to this week's guest, uh, and I do say this week because what we're doing at the Colon Cancer Podcast in celebration of Colon Cancer Awareness Month is instead of doing a bi-weekly show like we typically do, uh, we've cranked it up a little and we are doing a show every week for the month of March. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, you, you're probably aware that uh, the Colon Cancer Alliance is part of their uh, Get Informed initiative has been putting out a number of uh, monthly webinars around different topics. And a few months back, they did one on the importance of hydration. And hydration is so important for all of us, but particularly for those who are going through chemo, uh, may uh, have uh, be an you know, have have dealing with uh, any kind of an ostomy. And the folks at H2ORS, and the ORS stands for Oral Rehydration Solution, they were behind that webinar uh, about hydration. And uh, what H2ORS is, it's a, it's a drink that uh, helps get you hydrated without all the sugars and artificial, or artificial sweeteners and colors that you find in uh, traditional sports drinks. It's a powder that you just mix with water drink it down and uh, it's it very beneficial for those folks that are going through chemo or um, have other issues that require uh, really uh, you know, focus, being focused on uh, staying hydrated. And uh, they've done something special for our listeners to the Colon Cancer Podcast, and that is, is they will send you no charge two free samples. And I mean no charge, it also includes the shipping, so they'll cover the shipping as well. All you have to do is go on their website, which is h2ors.com forward slash sample, fill out the information, and they'll send you over a couple of free samples to try out. And if you enjoy the product, which I'm sure you will, Listeners to the show uh, have a promo code they can use to get 10% off their first order. So if you go on their site at h2rs.com, enter the name of their site, which is h2rs.com, as the promo code, they'll take 10% off your order as well. Check them out. This week's guest is Jasmine Mejia. Jasmine uh, is an active participant to our all of our wonderful friends out in the Arizona chapter of the Colon Cancer Alliance, and she's just doing amazing advocacy work uh, around colon cancer, particularly in the Latino community where it's so sorely needed. Uh, Jasmine is doing this work and has even corralled some family members to help her out at a number of events, but she do, does this work uh, in memory of her mother who uh, passed away from colon cancer a number of years ago. So uh, just uh, she's got a great story to tell, uh, all the tireless work that she's doing to make a difference in the Latino community. So join me now for my conversation with Jasmine Mejia. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for spending time with me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to to be participating today. Well, you've got a very interesting and, and uh, heartwarming story to tell, and I want to get right to that. Uh, let's start there. Let's uh, share with our listeners uh, how colon cancer uh, became a part of your life. 
So I, um, at a very young age, was um, dealing with the, you know, the, I guess, the consequences of colon cancer. Um, my mom was diagnosed at 40, um, at 41 of, you know, of colon cancer. And she uh, was diagnosed really late in the stages. By the time she was diagnosed, she was um, diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And um, and so it was uh, really heartbreaking because she was so young. She had small children. And I myself was the oldest. And at the time, I was 18 years old. And having, you know, to deal with um, everything that comes with finding out that your mother uh, doesn't have very much long to live and just, you know, dealing with all the, I guess, um, with not only the heartbreak of like knowing that you're going to lose your uh, parent, but also um, having to deal with, um, you know, like the uncertainty and not having resources and not knowing who to turn to. I understand. So it was, uh, you were 18 at the time. Uh, and how did she come to be diagnosed herself? She, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, the Latino culture, unfortunately is not a culture, um, of prevention. And so, you know, most Latinos, especially if they don't have medical insurance, they end up going to the doctor once they're feeling really sick. And that was my mom's case. She um, she was started having um, a lot of pain and she had blood in the stool. Um, she had a lot of bloating and she was just miserable. And, uh, you know, she had been kind of dealing with the symptoms on and off for a while, but she, because of the issue of not having medical insurance, she was very hesitant to go to the doctor, but um, it got to the point where she could no longer bear the pain and had to go to the doctor. Um, when she finally um, did go to the doctor, they quickly, um, you know, they quickly did a whole bunch of testing and came back, you know, a week later with um, with the result of her, you know, having stage four um, colon cancer. And your experience with your mother, how did that impact uh, how you approached uh, your health? So I, um, you know, because of all the, you know, the, the, agony that my mom had to go through and the the fact that there were no resources, nowhere to turn to, no organizations that I know of, at least at that time, uh, like Colon Cancer Alliance. Um, she didn't have a lot of information to go on herself. And so I thought, you know, once I saw how my mom struggled and, and everything she went through, I made it a point to make sure that I had medical insurance um, and that I went to regular checkups, especially because I started having um, a lot of like female issues at a young age as well. So I started having colonoscopies because of, you know, my mom dying of colon cancer at 23. 
And um, I've had actually a few colonoscopies already, which have turned up um, positive for polyps. So had I not had that information, um, you know, beforehand or had not had not gone through the experience of losing my mom to colon cancer, I would probably have colon cancer myself because these polyps would have probably gotten bigger and, you know, eventually they could have become cancerous. So the tragedy of losing your mother really saved your own life. Yes, definitely. And, you know, it, there, it has to... I mean, it, I know that it's really hard to think of it that way, but, um, you know, if there is a sur- silver lining that came out of everything that she went through, the struggle, the, you know, the, just the pain is that I myself, you know, uh, was very, um, became a, a really strong advocate for my own health and in turn have, you know, kind of um, raised my siblings to have that same, you know, passion for, you know, making sure that they go to the doctor and get checkups and have everything, you know, um, have all the checkups that they need and make sure that they're taking care of themselves. Was that a tough message to deliver? Because you mentioned uh, a few moments ago the uh, the Latino culture and the hesitancy to seek out medical care. So was that a difficult uh, thing to overcome in your own family? It is. And even with, you know, especially because um, I have uh, two, um, two siblings um, and they're both boys and, uh, you know, he, they're just, you know, there's this, this macho Latino, you know, guy thing that they don't, you know, they don't, they think that they're, you know, beyond getting, um, you know, cancer or that, you know, that's not an exam that they will, they want to do unless that it is extremely necessary. So it, it took me quite a while to get through to them. Um, and, you know, just especially now that I, you know, am on the local chapter of the Colon Cancer Alliance, I've, you know, kind of made it a point to have them help me at events, have, you know, have them um, do the undie run with me. Um, You know, I always am bringing brochures home. I'm always talking about the new research that they're doing and the new, you know, um, things that I've found that I find out through, you know, participating with uh, Colon Cancer Alliance. And so I'm always sharing it. So I think now they're kind of just like, okay, enough already. (laughs) (laughs) Were you at the uh, conference in uh, Phoenix in October? Yes, I was. Oh, I I wish I would have met you when I was there. I know. I know. I was thinking about that. And someone told me that you were there um, at some point. And I just, uh, I guess we missed each other. I guess so. Yeah, actually, I was fortunate they had a table set up and I got to interview some of the presenters for the podcast uh, during the actual conference. I'm sorry our paths didn't cross. Yes. We're connecting now, which is great. So how did you come to be uh, connected with the Colon Cancer Alliance, Jasmine? Um, So I, um, since I work at ASU, there's a 
Latino group on campus. It's the uh, Chicano Latino um, Faculty and Staff Association, and I'm a member of that association here on campus. And so basically it's a Latino group that uh, kind of, you know, helps uh, with community outreach and just kind of addressing some of the uh, concerns that some of the faculty and, and staff here that are Latino are facing. And so um, being part of that organization, we're constantly sent information and uh, there's a listserv that people looking for volunteers um, will send information to. And so um, they sent a flyer, Kevin and Anne um, Bergeson, sent a flyer saying um, that they needed volunteers for a health fair that was coming up and they needed bilingual volunteers because that's always a challenge. Uh, there's not a lot of bilingual um, people, even though there's a lot of Latinos, not all of them are uh, bilingual. And so I thought, you know, and I had been wanting to volunteer um, for a while with, you know, with an organization that did you know, um, work with within, you know, the, the cancer um, areas. And so it was kind of like, you know, you know how there's always this like aha moment when I saw the flyer come through asking for um, bilingual volunteers, I thought, aha, this is my opportunity to um, not only give back to the community, but also do something that will honor my mom's memory and that will help others not, you know, go through what I went through or what our family went through, what my mom went through with the disease. You know, if I can go out there and help with, you know, with just taking my message to others and, you know, stressing the importance of getting checked and getting screened and doing all of that and being advocates for their health. I thought, you know, this is my perfect, this is my calling. <laughs> sure. And what do you think your mom thinks seeing you doing all this work and, and her grandson doing this work? What do you think she thinks about that? I think that she's probably, you know, really happy and, and really, um, you know, in a way thankful that there are organizations like Colon Cancer Alliance that are doing this type of work now because, I can tell you when we were going through everything we went through with her, I mean, having, you know, her having to get a, a colostomy bag, you know, like having to, um, you know, not having uh, the resources and the care that she needed. There weren't any organizations that, you know, we were advised to contact. And so I think that she's probably really happy that, you know, there are organizations out there to help others. And I, I hope that she would be proud of us, uh, of us, you know, making a difference and, and helping others. I'm sure she is. So what are some of the things that are that you have planned for the future in terms of your volunteer and advocacy work, Jasmine? So I, um, I'm going to be at the call on Congress um, coming up in a couple of weeks. And so um, I actually applied and got a partial scholarship 
um, to attend the conference. And so I was really excited because a lot of our chapter members, board members are also attending. And so this is my opportunity to go talk to Congress and, you know, really be an advocate uh, beyond just talking to, you know, everyday people. But, you know, this is my opportunity to really um, take my message to, you know, people that are able to change laws and make policy to help people that are going through colon cancer and organizations that are doing research for colon cancer. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, my, I, I would love to see colonoscopies be something that all insurances cover you know, especially when there's a history of colon cancer in the family, you know, fully covered because then that would take the burden off of the person and it would make the choice so much easier of like, okay, uh, you know, I need to get a colonoscopy, but it's, you know, thousands of dollars and then I have rent, you know, which one do I do? And so right now that we just did the Latino event. We did a, a large Latino outreach event here in Arizona, which was very successful. Um, obviously, it was the first of its kind. And, you know, there were a lot of things that we could have done better. But overall, like it was a huge success. We saw how much need there is for insurances to be able to cover colonoscopies and, you know, at 100 percent, because even though there were people there that had insurance, the co-pays were outrageous. And so a lot of them who had precancerous polyps hadn't even gone to get a colonoscopy because they couldn't afford the copay. So, you know, th those are the uh, the immediate, I guess, things that I'm going to be doing is, is going to um, the call on Congress to talk to the legislature about, you know, uh, hopefully passing some some really good laws that benefit people that are going through the disease and uh, and then help us with prevention. Well, I know I speak for all the listeners and we greatly appreciate you being another voice out there advocating for what's so terribly needed. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, Jasmine, is what can we continue to do to make inroads in, in particularly the Latino community as it relates to overcoming some of these fears and myths and those kinds of things? I think um, having more outreach to that specific population because as we saw during the Latino event, there's such a huge, um, you know, like disconnect of, in you know, I guess, or lack of, information. Um, there's a lot of information out there in English and there's a lot of information um, that's available. And it's, you know, it's sometimes it can be overwhelming, you know, how much information is out there now. But, you know, there's very little um, outreach to the community, to the Latino community. And and the Latino community, obviously, there, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, um, they are like if you want to get through to that community, it's it's the one-on-one. -on -one. It's the person being there in front, answering questions, building that trust. Um, they're not so likely to go on the website and do the research themselves. 
not because they don't want to, but a lot of times, you know, they're not, that's, you know, the culture is not um, that way. It's not, I mean, the younger generation, obviously, you know, will go online and do the research and, you know, figure things out on their own. But, you know, the people that are in desperate need of, you know, the exams and of the information, which are the older generation, they're more than likely not going to go to a website and download information like we all would, you know. Um, And so I think having more events like the Latino uh, outreach event and having, you know, being there, a representative at health fairs and just having, um, I think, more people to advocate for the Latino community in each of the states where, especially where, you know, Colon Cancer Alliances would be magnificent. I'm so happy that they've hired Susie Munoz to be the first, um, you know, Latino person on staff full time, because I know how important and how valuable her services are to our community. Yeah, I, I was so thrilled to see that uh, the Colon Cancer Alliance uh, made a point of adding a, a bilingual uh, member to the patient support team. I think I, I totally concur with you. That was so sorely needed, and I'm sure that uh, she's making a big difference in the community. Yes, and I and before she was hired, I was um, doing the helpline. So I, you know, I I, I did. Uh, callbacks from the helpline because they didn't have someone and uh, I would translate things and I would, you know, like I would try to do as much as I can. But, you know, being being that I have a full time job, it was extremely difficult for me to keep up with, you know, with everything that was going on. So when Susie was hired, I was just ecstatic and and it really made me um, believe in the organization even more and want to volunteer and want to be part of it because, um, you know, I saw that they really truly value, you know, the, the Latino community as well and that they want them to be just as informed as any other community. As you look into the future, Jasmine, what, what's your wish? What do you hope to see down the horizon in, in the community in which you live and work as it relates to what we've been talking about? I think I, you know, uh, one thing that I would love to see, and obviously that's on my wish list, is, you know, for colonoscopies to be covered fully, percent, you know, 100% by the insurance companies and not, you know, like just not have that burden be put on people. Um, and then the other is just um, for, I don't know, I, I really, I guess maybe because I'm in Arizona and our chapter here is so wonderful and they have so many ideas and we participate in so many events. We just um, had an event last weekend that I was at. It's the Climb to um, uh, Conquer Cancer um, in South Mountain. And so I, I would love to see more chapters, you know, form throughout the states just so that, but chapters that are currently active and that have the passion that our chapter has, because I honestly feel that we are making a huge difference and that the work that we do, you know, even though we don't all participate in every single event that's out there, we do participate in many 
and the word is getting out. And now we have huge people backing us up, you know, like um, seeing from, you know, Channel 5. We have, you know, the Phoenix Suns. That's one of our partners. Um, We have organizations coming to us now asking us, Um, to be at their event versus us knocking on doors asking to be invited. And so that, you know, that would be like a dream come true for me to, you know, have uh, to see that other states are doing what we're doing. I couldn't agree more. Having seen it firsthand when I was out there in October last year, uh, the energy, the enthusiasm, and the drive to make a difference from all the folks in the Arizona chapter of the Colon Cancer Alliance really serves as a model for the rest of the country. It really does. So uh, congratulations to you and, and all that, that you do with them. Thank you so much. I'm, I just feel very fortunate, very you know, blessed and very honored to be part of such a really great group of people and, um, you know, such dedicated individuals because, you know, we all have jobs and we all find time still to, you know, to volunteer and to be active and to give it our all to make sure that others don't go through what we went through, whether we're caretakers, whether we lost a loved one or whether it's, you know, the members actually went through colon cancer themselves and survived it. Um, You know, we're all um, very passionate about what we do and about making a difference. And so if, you know, if there's ever an opportunity for us to, to uh, share, you know, our, what has worked for us, we are more than happy to do so at any point. Well, your enthusiasm and your love and passion for what you do shines through the uh, through the internet lines, and uh, I know that uh, our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing your story. And I know uh, that uh, your mom's looking down on you and has to be incredibly happy and 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 proud of the work that you've you've done. Thank you so much, Lee. It's it's. Again, it's a pleasure and it's uh, a privilege to be able to to do the work that we do and to be able to, you know, share my message uh, with others. Um, as painful as it was, I think, again, um, it, it's a way of me honoring my mom's memory of, of sharing my story uh, so that it can raise awareness in others because she was so young. She was 42. I'm currently 42 and I can't even imagine, you know, being at the end of my life at this point in time. I, you know, I feel like it's the best years of my life right now. It is. It absolutely is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for spending some time with me this evening. Uh, Thank you for all that you're doing to make a difference in your community and uh, just continued success and good luck to, to you. And thank you. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a pleasure. And I hope to, um, hope to live up to, to, the, to the hype and to the reputation that, you know, that I've heard um, others comment. I honestly, I, I don't, I do this because I truly love what I do and the people that I do it with. Well, it shows. Thanks again, Jasmine. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.